Welcome to Webmaster for Hire Cyber Bulletin Podcast. Get the power to increase your business's web impact. Welcome to Webmaster for Hire's very first podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. I have Carrie Curry, my sidekick on the phone with me. Say hi, Carrie, to everybody. Hello, hello. So we want to welcome everybody, and we're kind of excited to do this. This is kind of pretty cool. We've been having our clients, we've been helping them with their podcasts, but like the shoemaker's children, we uh, start ours last, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So bad. So, but, you know... Never, better late than never, and and podcasting, if if you don't know, is definitely the way to go to deliver your message to your audience, so they can listen or read whichever they prefer. So let's just jump right in. We're going to be talking about competition and competitors today. And I'm actually really excited about this particular topic. Yeah, how come? Yeah, well, because it's. We're going to be talking about some, some items of business in mm-hmm. regard to competitors. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, that I haven't actually ever thought of before. Nice. Oh, I love it. Um, and, and that's our goal is to help educate people and get people to think out of the box. But, you know, most of the time we don't even want to be thinking about our competitors. Um, some people we find our clients who overthink about their competitors. What are they doing? You know, how are they doing it, et cetera, et cetera. And you can drive yourself nuts if you do that. Um, but right. the other side of it is they don't even think they have competition, which, by the way, everybody has competition. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> even if you do only one unique gadget that you build you know, it solves a problem. And, yeah, and there's five other solutions out there, you know, that will solve the same problem. So it may not be the same widget, but it's still going after the same client. You know, the one time we don't want to be thinking about our competitors is when we're sitting in the waiting room for a prospect meeting and they come walking out. No! <laughs> but... <laughs> Today, we're going to be thinking and talking about our competitors in a useful way. And, you know, like Carrie said, we kind of, you know, in our production meeting went over a lot of notes and she's like, I haven't thought about that before. I'm like, well, that's good because then that means someone else hasn't thought about that before. So we're going to call this podcast basically your competition and beyond um, giving you tips for how to best use your competition to get ahead and then some. Now, I'm kind of hoping my competitors aren't listening to this, but hey, if you are, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> so the first thing we want to talk about is is using your competition. And, you know, Webmaster for Hire, we build websites and we do full service internet marketing. And we always, when a a client or prospect comes to us and wants to talk about building their website, the first thing we do, sure enough, we go and find out who is your competition. And we don't just look, though, at competitors in your market. So let's say, you know, you're an air conditioning company. Your current market is in your area of service. 
So that's your direct competition. That is your competition, anyone else who's servicing air conditionings. But when we start building a website or start doing marketing campaigns, we don't just stay in that area. I actually prefer to look in large metro areas. You know, we're here in South Florida. So I would look in New York City, um, Atlanta, Texas, Los Angeles, Texas, I would hit Dallas, um, Houston areas, um, because we want to use our competition when building a website or start getting, starting a marketing campaign so that we know what pages are they building. And Carrie, you've so, got to well, agree that some of those sites that we see of our competitors, they're not all doing it right either. <laughs> no, no, they're not. No. So what were you going to say? So you were you mentioned looking at national, looking at your competitors nationally speaking. So you're a little, um, a smaller business locally located in South Florida. You're also going to look at New York, and you're going to look to see what the bigger companies are doing there. To a, what are they missing, and b, to find out, you know what they have on their website that could make yours stand out from your local area. Absolutely. Now, we're not necessarily looking at larger sites. Um, we're looking at similar sites and next level up sites. Because okay. a family, like we have a locksmith company. It's a mom and pop company. They don't want to appear, uh, appear like they're a large chain. So right. we're not going to compare them to a large chain. We're going to look at mom-and-pop locksmith companies in other um, larger metropolitan areas. And then we're going to look at a locksmith company that's maybe a little bit larger than a mom-and-pop um, so that we know exactly what pages should they be listing. And it creates, helps us to build out the site map for how to build the site out. What services do they list? And a lot of your competitors will try and bulk all the services together, and others who are ranking will have them broken down. Okay, I don't necessarily know every service a locksmith has. And it, by the way, it's way more than just getting you a key and opening up your door. Um, Indeed. Exactly. I learned it because I built their site. So basically, we're looking at competitor sites to go, what guarantees have they offered? Do they offer 24-hour services? Do you offer? We create the list and come back to our client and going, okay, we've compiled everything that your local, your direct competitors have offered, and then we've also gone to other metropolitan areas to what would be considered like industry people there. And that's the starting place for building the website. And for marketing, we also look at not only what pages do they have that are ranking, but we also look at the verbiage. You know, I used to do trade show marketing for CBS Sportsline, which I got to tell you, I love, love, loved it. You get totally energized by trade show marketing. But it was never fails. You always look to the left, look to the right, and, and one of the booths, beside you will have something that makes zero sense to you at all. And I would always ask people, you know, 
I don't understand your your banner. It doesn't say what you do. Your company name makes no sense. There's nothing about your booth that tells me what you do. Oh, well, we want to create intrigue or isn't this cute? And I'm thinking in your head it is <laughs> because nine times right. out of ten, people are going to just keep walking by, especially trade shows. I mean, they have hundreds of booths many times to figure out what you do. You've got literally that walk time. And, you know, unless you're out in their face telling them what you do, you, that intrigue and that cutesiness doesn't doesn't work. And no. online, it doesn't work even less than at a trade show. At a trade show, you can at least stand in front of your booth and get in people's faces. I don't necessarily recommend it unless you hire some really hot models, but that's beside the point, (laughs) which they do. Um, But on on, um, the Internet, you have search engine optimization, which is all based on keywords. And yeah. if you're not using the right words that are that are going to get you the right traffic, then you're literally wasting your time. And many business owners can't see the forest from the trees. They're right in the thick of it. They it's they know their business. Um, a lot of like medical professionals, chiropractors, they want to talk about the equipment. I'm going to tell you right up, I could care less about People, what the yeah. name of your equipment is. I just want to stand straight when I leave your office. Um, right. I'd like to know that it's not some massive, scary-sounding name, which many times <laughs> it can be. But the only people who are going to be searching for the names of, of specific equipment um, are other doctors. You know, most people... Yeah, they're not they're the looking, audience. No, and if you're looking for a chiropractor, you're going to look for a local chiropractor. You're going to put in the city name, et cetera. And so by getting out of, you know, your site and your head and going and looking at the competitors, number one, we can find out everywhere that they have uh, backlinks. We have ways of, you know, everything on the Internet is searchable and traceable and trackable. So we can track um, everywhere that they've got a backlink to their site. We can find out every review that was left on other sites for them. We can find out all their social activities, whether it's a Pinterest board, YouTube videos, Facebook posts, how active are they on Twitter. So when it comes to your competitors online, it's an absolute must to know what they're doing to get yourself a foundation, whether you're just starting out or you've tried other things here and there. It should never be a trial. It should be systematic. Mm. So, yeah, so that's a way that we use um, our competitors. Now, another way to use competitors that a lot of people really don't think about is their testimonials. And yeah, this is the one that really caught my attention. Yeah, it, it's not something people think of. But how many times are you trying to create a brochure or come up with your, you know, elevator speech or create a banner for your site or say something new about your business and you draw a blank, you know, writer's block. Wah! I don't know what to write. So (laughs) you can use your own reviews and, and post those, which are great. 
but then you're regurgitating the same reviews over and over and over again. Now, you're not going to steal their reviews and pretend that they're your own. <laughs> no. no. No, don't do that. <laughs> we got to keep white hat. Wear white hat here, not gray hat, not black hat. Our only hat is white. Um, so, But what you can do is the people who have used your competitor are real people using real world real words, the same words that your prospects can identify with, the same words that they will potentially be searching, the same problems that your prospects have, but they stated in a way that you may not have thought of. So you can look at your competitors' Google Plus pages, Yelp pages, on their websites if they list their testimonials. Um, Facebook has reviews. You can check them out. And what you want to do is you want to grab um, the problem and the solution and why they would be recommended. Those three things, if you ever watch any infomercial late at night because you know you're not sleeping and there's nothing else on, <laughs> those are the three questions that they always cover. What was the problem? How, what was the solution and why would I recommend these people? So right. we want to grab those reviews and testimonials and you can then grab them and use them as your marketing slideshow banners um, by not saying that someone else said it about you, but let's say, you know, one of my competitors, they, the, they're, testimonial reads, you know, XYZ company, it was difficult to find a, a webmaster that I could, you know, really communicate with and, you know, they really, I really connected with them and I felt secure. So I could grab from that, having problems communicating with webmasters, connect with someone who will speak with you comfortably. And there's my banner. Right. And I didn't have to think of any of that. I could just grab that testimonial from a competitor site. Um, email campaigns. You can take some of those testimonials and, and write an email about it. You know, talk about the problem that they had starting out using their words. And then answer it and s solve the problem. You become the solution in your email campaign. Um, if you're brainstorming taglines. A lot of companies have a problem with taglines. Many small businesses don't realize that larger businesses have spent tens of thousands all the way up to millions of dollars just creating and, and constructing a tagline. In the UK, they're called strap lines. It is, but it's your brand. And it is. a lot of money on, on larger companies is focused on the brand. Smaller right. companies focus on the leads. So, you know, if you don't have the tens of thousands, you don't have the millions to get your tagline or strap line, then you can look at these and brainstorm from both your testimonials and mix in a bunch of your competitors' testimonials. And you will be able to construct your own tagline from it using real people's real language and getting your prospect to identify with you as the solution and on the internet in five seconds or less this to me is the number one way to do it 
the other thing is is it takes you out of your own environment you know as business owners and Carrie you're a writer a lot of people they're just now meeting you and they don't know she's a phenomenal writer she started out as a writer with us um, Thank you. but you know you can get so stuck in your head if it's yes. your stuff so, so uh, you have to go out and read other people's stuff absolutely and it breaks that you know in the box thinking always saying the same things the same way it, it gives you another way of saying it so one thing we do want to before we switch off to going beyond the competition but you know competitive um world and the whole it's like almost an industry within marketing is um i don't want to call it competitive analysis but you know it's a huge huge um factor where large businesses have departments focused on competition what are they doing what's the research the second someone comes out you know with one thing you know, we've got to get on top of it. So if you think like um, everybody knows the Swiffer products and you have the right. Swiffer sweeper, well, it took competitors um, after they went through research and development and then they, and, you know, put the market out and then proved the market. Um, it, it takes a while to prove it in the marketplace. Once they prove it in the marketplace, the competition only has so long before they can jump on it. And I was looking at it, it was about eight years, I think, was the span before they had competitors come out. Because, again, they had to prove it in the marketplace to be profitable before some people jump on it. Well, right. you know, there's a story on where one large corporation, no names being named, had their executives go dumpster dive <laughs> into the competitors' uh, dumpsters. And oh, man. when you're looking at your competition and, and you really want, you know, to meet them and beat them concept, you have to know that there are some laws in place. Um, dumpster diving is not allowed. No, <laughs> no that would not, not be allowed. allowed. You would think it would be because the rule is if it's public domain, it's free. It's free to use. <laughs> Um, but a garbage can technically on property is not public domain until it hits the garbage truck. Right. So just so you know, no dumpster diving. And with webmasters, FYI, people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Webmasters, our, our junk is all on our computers, so that would be hacking anyways. Um, right. But if it's public Another thing. No. Go ahead. Another thing I'd point out is the same you know, some people, some businesses might not think that it's unethical or illegal to call up competitors and, and pretend to be a prospect in order it to get hits, their service packages it hits and the gray their line. It absolutely yeah. hits the gray line. Um, if caught, it is not technically allowed. It is not technically okay. allowed. Um, but I will tell you that I'm in an office complex um which is shared by multiple offices. And prior to getting our own um, our own uh, system in here so that we have our own Wi-Fi connection, our own router, um, everything, our computer was on the shared Wi-Fi. 
And I literally uh-huh. have had people will print, but they print to the wrong location, and they accidentally hit that one. And one of my competitors' price quotes came right across my fax or my, oh. my printer. Well, technically speaking, you didn't do that. That was nice of them. <laughs> I think Thank you, you very so much. much. I appreciate that. <laughs> So, you know, it can get out there. Um, And did I keep it? You betcha I did. Um, Uh, Yeah. They're not a direct competitor. They would be someone I would probably recommend for someone who has a smaller price point. But I thought that was hysterical. Mm -hmm. That's fine. You didn't didn't seek out for it. But, yeah, you should not be calling up your competitors. Plus, you know, I don't think you should be thinking about your competition too much. Um, I I don't think you should lose sleep at night over your competition. You should know what makes you stand out from them. I know what makes me different than my competitors. Um, I believe there's enough market share for all of us, so I don't look at anyone as major competition. Um, I know, you know, my selling point, and my selling point is always what makes me different. And ours is, simply put, personalized service. You're talking to the owner of the company. You're not being passed off. Um, You get the owner's cell phone number. They don't. You know, they're not sharing all that. They've got overhead, you know, with the way their businesses are structured. So knowing your competition and what makes you different, that should be part of any business plan right out of the gate. But on the Internet, your competition can help you with your marketing strategy. However, you should never, never, never stop with just focusing on your competition. It should only be a foundation. And that takes us to the, hey, let's go beyond. And they should basically never be your measuring stick or your decision making. So when you're making decisions, you should always stay ahead of trends And in essence, you should be the trendsetter in your business. You should be the leader. Um, If you always look at your competition and you only do what they do. So, you know, let's say we do a backlinking report and we find out that our competitor is listed in, you know, well, we can't do it for our industry because the way our industry is set up. But let's say... um, you're a printing company and you've got online products and services offerings. So your other competitor is doing social networking on Facebook, LinkedIn, they're doing an e-newsletter and that's it. So if you only did that, they're always going to beat you. They're always going to be ahead. Um, so, okay, they're not on video. Why can't you be on video? So once you see what they're not doing, that starts telling you what you should be doing. To look at your competitors and go, well, they're not on video, so it probably doesn't work. No, they probably don't realize that, yeah, Google, the number one search engine, owns YouTube, which is now the number to search engine. People are bypassing <laughs> search engines to go to YouTube. Um, I've and, done 
Yeah, I mean, and Gen Xers, um, which is my generation, I think you're millennial? Yeah, you're under 35? Yeah, so... Uh, No, I'm a little bit of a... Okay, so you're headed in my my generation. Um, Millennials, 19 to 35. um, Gen Xers, which would be 36 to, I think it's 40-something, we're not going to say, close to 50. Um, Right. You know, actually, I think it's 55. We're all Gen Xers. Everybody else is okay. baby boomers. Well, Gen Xers and millennials will go to YouTube first automatically. Baby boomers right. are catching on because they're watching their kids in the, the younger, Gen X crowd yeah. and the grandkids <laughs> in the the younger crowds all going there. So they're catching on. So having your video gives you a presence, especially since we are a microwave society. We don't want to read anything. We want everything in five seconds or less. And so having that video is going to put you out. And because of the fact it puts you out there above your competitor, and because of the fact that Google owns YouTube, guess who they're going to be ranking or what they're going to be ranking? Mm-hmm. The videos. So... I think if you look at online marketing and you're only doing what your competition is doing, you're going to make them the leader. You're always going to be following. Um, We actually have a good example of this. We started creating the production of this um, uh, podcast a couple months ago. We started creating our topic lists and putting, you know, deciding, you know, what we're going to do first, et cetera. And, it got a little delayed, and I figured out it was because one of our clients wanted to prove the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they were looking at the marketing we were doing for them. Now, we have full-service marketing packages. Um, we don't stick with those packages because the Internet doesn't stick with those packages. It's always changing. So right. we are always keeping on top of all the changes, and we do more than – just um, uh, SEO and blog posts. blog posts. Yeah, we do a whole lot more because it takes multiple strategies to stick longer. And so we were doing podcasting with this local pool company, no names to be named. And they said to me, I don't understand why we're doing podcasting because none of our competitors are doing, we checked all their sites. And right. I said, well, none of your competitors were doing videos before either, and you're ranked in the top rankings with all these videos. You're above and beyond them. And they said, well, I don't think we should be doing any more podcasting because we just don't see any value in it. Well, when you hire an expert, you should see that their advice has value because I kid you not, it was not even a month later and they tell me, hey, Elizabeth, you won't believe this. I said, what's up? We just got a new pool build client because they heard our podcast. Millie. Really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that just proved you're right. <laughs> but your competition's not doing it. Podcast is huge. <laughs> so, you know, because... You, your competition isn't doing it, especially 
especially online, it just means that they're either doing marketing in-house and they can't keep up with all the latest trends. They're paying a company that keeps them in whatever package they signed up for is the package they get for the eternity and life of the package. Um, as long right. as you pay them, that's all they do. Um, you know, that personalized let's keep you with the trends, you know, isn't necessarily there. So if yeah. you keep up with the trends, it may not happen overnight. Like I said, this one, we had been doing them for several months, and it took probably two months before that, you know, they stopped doing it, and then I hear that it happened. But on the right. Internet, if you do things the right way, it has longevity and staying power. So that's definitely... Um, you know, something that you have to keep in mind when it comes to keeping your eyes on your competition. They can slow you down. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know, one of the things, you know, we're talking about packages. Um, let's talk about why offering various things. A lot of our competition, like I said, has a package they keep you in that package. They will do SEO, guest posting, on-site blog posting. We do all those things. Many of our competitors tell people that pay-per-click is the way to go. Mm. And pay-per-click is very expensive way for disappear very expensive form of marketing for disappearing ads. So disappearing ads Disappearing ads. So you pay, pay-per-click means you pay every time someone clicks a link. And right. you will find, more often than not, if you look at your competition, that's what they're doing. It's the fastest way into the search engines in Google and actually mostly, you know, most of the search engines, Yahoo, Bing, etc. The ads are on the very top. You'll have two ads there. And then they'll right, go right. down the right side. And they, they're noted that they're ads. And I have seen back in the day, I'm old school, back in the day, and I was first starting online, um, you, you know, a 25 cent per click ad was crazy. And now I've seen them for hundreds of dollars for one click. It depends on the industry because there's that many more sites out there. Well, right. you set your budget. And most of people will come in and say, you know, depending on your industry, like don't be a weight loss doctor with vitamins. <laughs> don't even try it. You, you need to have a large budget for that. Um, but they'll say your, your budget should be $2,000 a month. That doesn't include their management fee. Um, and then... They set average clicks, they look in Google AdWords, and they set up the budget, and it runs pretty seamlessly with some monitoring. Once you've met that budget, whether it's the first week of the month, the middle of the month, or you still have some month, you know, money left over without months, um, once that budget is hit, your ad disappears. That money has oh. disappeared. Because the ad disappears because they're not going to keep showing your ad if you don't have any more money for them for those clicks. And right. same oh. thing with Facebook ads, but Facebook ads are more cost effective. So you can spend $2,000 a month plus management fee, which is usually anywhere from 10 to 20% of cost. So, you know, 
$200 to $400 on top of that. And at the end of the month, you decide, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I, the, I tried it for 30 days, which you should never do anything for a 30-day trial on the Internet. You should always do six or eight-month trial, just saying. Right. But yeah. let's say you did that. Your, your ads disappear after your budget ran out. You tell your pay-per-click professional, I don't want to do it anymore. They say, okay, they've already cashed your check, money's gone, no worries, and off to the next competitor or client that they, they have. You, in the meantime, have spent $2,000 that has now disappeared. Yeah. Whatever you got while it was showing, that's all you get for that money. It's gone now. We do, we do have someone we recommend to help with our pay-per-click ads uh, campaigns for clients that want it. We work with longevity clients because when you do SEO – when you do social networking, if you do videos, um, you do podcasting, you do um, various strategies, you pay the $2,000, the articles are written and added to your site, guest posts are added out, um, you get backlinks back to your site. The majority of that work, if you quit, it stays. And right. it still stays and generates, and part of the algorithm is history. So getting your stuff in before your competition, because we're still talking about competition, you can do pay-per-click ads, but you should also, that's short-term. You should also right. balance it out with long-term. Because your competition, if they're bouncing around, you keep the longevity. So like the pool company, had they kept going with the podcasting, not only would they have gotten that one pool build client, but because we do transcription along with podcasts, you get SEO value with it. And so your, this page will stay linked into Google for way longer than any pay-per-click ad out there. So if you see your competition doing pay-per-click ads, that's fine. I have one competitor. They put tens of thousands into pay-per-click ads. I can see it. I can track it. I know exactly where they're at. I don't. I don't because um, that's not the clientele I want. I want clientele who's ready for the long, the long run. They want long-term marketing strategies. Again, knowing your competition but also knowing who you are and what your business is about and who you want as a target audience. So when it comes to pay-per-click ads, um, I would suggest don't just follow your competition in, into the pay-per-click world. Focus also on other areas, which we here at Webmaster for I offer, Hire Offer, I can't even say my own company name, um, which is video marketing, podcasting, reputation, which is review marketing, and other strategies that will focus on your goal, customized to your needs. So kind of wrapping all this up, we want to tell you don't stop because your, competition, your competitors aren't doing something. Don't follow right, them into the, leader. the, yeah, don't follow them into high-end marketing budgets if you don't have the budgets to match them especially if they disappear on you and don't stick for the long right. run. 
You know, that's why you want to hire an expert who keeps up, keeps on the trends, and keeps you ahead. And as you just said, you got to be the leader. Um, if you want to excel beyond your competitors' online reach, call us here at Webmaster for Hire at 561-822-9931. Um, we're going to bring you more strategies than just SEO and pay-per-click. And Carrie, that's our yes. first podcast. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> yes, join us. We're going to try and do this weekly. We're setting the schedule, and we're going to make it happen um, probably starting in January more because we're right in the middle of holiday season. So come back and subscribe to our podcast and check in with us. Awesome. Until next time, see your blessing. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Webmaster for Hire, helping companies thrive in the digital world. Connect with us today for Impact Tomorrow. Located online at www.webmasterforhire.us or call 561-822-9931.